Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along. It's the Friday morning episode. If you're an IFS subscriber, you can get this on Thursday evening. And if you're an IFS Turbo subscriber, you'll get this just after you've been watching our uh, live video stream thing that we do once a month um, to the, the, the Turbo tier of uh, subscribers where we um, we all come together in a, a, a cyber embrace, mm. if you like. And yeah. We, we take questions from the, the, the viewers. Yeah. And some of them even join us on screen. We got, we get, nice we got the guitars out um, this time, as yeah. we often do. I got we, my bongos out we last do, time. We, we often do a medley of Simon and Garfunkel hits. Yeah. Um, about the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Hello, darkness, my up. old friend, all that sort of mm. stuff. Are you going to Scarborough? We actually harmonise quite well. We do, surprisingly, because yeah. we're in different parts of the country. Yeah. It does work It does work a lot better than I thought it would. Parsley, so sage, rosemary, and thyme. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, hopefully that'll have been enjoyable. We're recording this before we do the live video stream. Hopefully it worked out all right. No one was injured. Imagine or, uh, when... Physically or emotionally. Imagine when Paul Simon turned up and said, and our calf uncle was like, what are the lyrics? Teach me the lyrics of the new song. Yeah. And he's gone, all right. Um, are you going to Scarborough Fair? And our calf uncle thinks, mm. yeah, f- fine, all right bit quirky don't know what scarborough is but okay and he goes and then the next line which i want you to harmonize with so memorize this one yeah parsley sage rosemary and thyme and he goes mm. uh okay and paul Simon's like what you look a bit what have you got a problem with that he goes no no it's fine no say it i could see that you looked a bit weird what and go, well effectively you're just reading out names of herbs some, some ingredients <laughs> some <Yeah>. herbs <clears throat> He goes, yeah, that is exactly what I'm fucking doing. What's your problem with that? He goes, well, it's a fucking 60s, mate. It's a bit fucking lazy, isn't it? goes. Lazy? Fuck me. That's rich coming from you, you gangly fucking cunt. You've been riding my coattails for fucking years, and you're calling me <coughs> lazy. Mate, all I'm saying is, one minute you're talking about going to some fair in a place called Scarborough, then you're filling a gap by just like, what were you, just writing it in your kitchen? You looked at your fucking spice rack parsley sage <laughs> rosemary and thyme this is a fucking joke mate i uh, fuck this i'm going off to write proper songs about fucking rabbits <clears throat> fucking songs with a bit of fucking heart bit of fucking emotion know what i mean some balls some fucking songs with a bit of fucking spunk in them <laughs> fucking dead rabbits <laughs> everywhere oh yeah dead rabbits is it yeah good fucking luck with that you fucking weirdo <laughs> bright eyes 
Yeah, you haven't in got case... the first fucking clue about the myxomatosis crisis in the fucking rabbit community, have you? No, because all you think about is your fucking self. And your fucking herbs. Yeah, fucking... Who uses fucking parsley... Sa- Who the fuck <laughs> uses sage in their cooking anyway, you weird cunt? <clears throat> Put a if, bit if of fucking sage listeners... in it. If any listeners are about to get in touch with us and let us know that Scarborough Fair is actually a traditional English folk song from the, uh, I think it's the 15th century. It's it's okay. We're aware of that. We're well, just, well. Well, you might not have been. No, I wasn't. And anyway, Art Garfunkel, <laughs> Art Garfunkel <laughs> wasn't, and Paul Simon oh. wouldn't have let on. He would have gone, of course he wouldn't. he's gone, this new song, the one that you sent me the lyrics over for to learn. Yeah, what of it? Did you write that, did you? And Paul Simon's gone. Yeah. What? Why? Did you like it? And he's gone, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I wrote it. Yeah, Why? Did. Yeah. What's with all the herbs? What? What do you mean? It's just that's part that? of what the song's about. I'm just expressing myself, aren't I? I was reading a book about Scarborough Fair. That's what they used to sell there back in the 15th century. I was reading a book about herbs. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was actually. Quite interesting. <laughs> like fuck you were this right. is an old fucking folk song you fucking lying you little what. cunt <laughs> and I tell fucking. you we're not gonna that means we're not gonna make any money out of it ah, but it's out of license because it was written by some daft cunt a fucking minstrel about fuck 500 years ago <laughs> oh, alright fair enough then oh, are you gonna case. split it with me are you no I'm not gonna split it with you Art no you didn't because- come up with it yeah, you didn't come up with what do you do? You fucking stand there and do the high bits, and I'm starting still to think said it's a lot I, of could shit. E- I could easily have a career without the high bits. Anyway, most people at our gig say they prefer my bits. <laughs> I'm made of Chevy Chase. I'll be all right without yeah. you. Who, who, who told you that? Uh, it's, it's it's not like I didn't do focus groups. It's just anecdotal. Oh, anecdotal. Let me guess. Your mum. <laughs> yeah. Well, my mum does prefer my bits, <laughs> and she's pretty honest as well. She'd tell Usually. me she didn't. <laughs> so we do this song or not? Yeah, fucking whatever. Fuck it, I'll do fucking it. Fill, it, fill the album, on it? <laughs> <laughs> fucking all bit of extra fucking polyfiller for this shit. <laughs> no, another fucking load of hackneyed old bollocks. <laughs> Pays the bills though, doesn't it? Have you watched the... Um, Paul Simon was in the, the We Are The World... I haven't watched that yet. I'm been desperate it's to. Good. It's good. Someone wrote on Twitter when they advertised that, said something like, this is a fucking shit song. I thought, no, it's not. It's a fucking blinding song. I fucking love that song. I think it is. I think it's shit. We are the world. Yeah, I fucking yeah, love I it, mate. We are the people. Yeah. Mind you, I, no, I tell you what, I think it's better it. than fucking Band-Aid. No, it's not. Yeah, I do. I prefer it. No, massive, massive schism here. No, I love it. It's, it's like no. it's, it's more sort of soft pop soul, whereas Band Aid's mm. a bit like, well, you know, mature. Fucking Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie and Quincy Jones made that. Fucking Bob Geldof and Mature made Feed the World. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's mad, isn't it? No fucking Richie and Jackson. Well, the good, the good thing that came out of me watching it is that I, I, I've got over my fear of Lionel Richie <laughs> and it's that thing where if you just get exposed to something you're frightened of yeah the fear goes away and he, he's on it quite a lot and I do I'd like him I like him a lot now I saw him live of course at, if I say um, I'm a fan 
I saw him live at Hyde Park in support of Stevie yeah. Wonder, and he was much better than Stevie Wonder, I have to say. I mean, he said, I told you about that gig before. I mean, <clears> Stevie Wonder couldn't stop going on about the fact he'd been diagnosed with cancer, which I'm not being funny, but fucking hell, I was there for a good night out. Do you know what mm. I mean? Whereas well, Lionel Stevie's Richie, he didn't well. mention anything like that. He just came out with his massive mad lion face and did fucking dancing on the yeah. ceiling like we all wanted. Yeah. Because they'd done it, they'd done We Are The World on the night of the Grammys. Mm. And then they all went back to someone's studio and just knocked it out. Come on, come back to my, that would have been Quincy Jones. Come on, yeah. all back to my house, we're going to do on, a I've song. Got some fucking, I've got a fucking finger buffet ready. i got a, a by finger buffet, I think you know what I mean, ladies. And also yeah, yeah. a massive fucking a, crystal bowl full of fucking a, cocaine. Na- a fucking nasal buffet, Yeah. <laughs> Not for you, Michael. We don't want your fucking nose falling off in the bowl again, you fucking freak. <laughs> You're fucking weird enough it's as it good. is. No drugs for Michael Jackson, thank you. It's, it's really good, though. I mean, <clears throat> there's lots of it from that original documentary about it, which we said we were going to d- deep dive into mm. ages ago that we didn't get around to doing. Um, but, like, lots of stuff, them all talking to deer as they're old. Oh. And one of the heroes of it is Huey Lewis, believe it or not. Really? Huey Lewis is one of the most self-effacing down-to-earth um, characters that, that are on it. Kenny Loggins as well. He's changed. Has he? What's he look like? wise But yeah, it's, it's really good. It's on Netflix. Have a look. I'm a big Huey Lewis fan. I, I like him a lot. <clears throat> uh, Bob Dylan yeah. was there, wasn't he? He looked fucking fuming. The Bob Dylan stuff's really weird, but it's also good. He's that, You know that bit where he's like just in the crowd and he's like nodding along and doesn't seem to know what's going yeah. on? It's become like a meme. Yeah over the years that bit of footage is where they're all recording singing together but in a certain key and Quincy Jones has said to them it's a high key mm. and he says if you if you can't reach that note or these notes mm. don't sing along because it'll just spoil the recording you'll fuck Only it join in you'll fuck it <laughs> only join in if you can sing this bit and I'm fucking serious yeah because we're Dylan I'm looking at you <laughs> Keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> so that, that period, <laughs> that that clip where they're all standing singing yeah. and Dylan's just stood there, he looks like he's off his fucking head, which he might be. Yeah. That, that's why he's not singing, because he's been told not to. Have you seen that one? I saw a clip recently where they're doing it live on stage at some awards years later and Prince <laughs> is there and Prince is right. just standing there in the middle of like, I think Quincy Jones is next to him and there's all like a load of other people <clears> getting really into it. And it's clear that they've sort of hijacked Prince, who pointedly refused to get involved in the original song, right? Yeah. And uh, they've hijacked him because they're all on stage for some fucking, like another Grammys or whatever. And they've said, come on, let's do it right here, right now. Prince is here too. And they thought, yeah, we'll we'll trick the cunt into doing it. And (laughs) Prince just stands there with this extraordinary (laughs) pair of sunglasses on, right? And with his hands by his sides and his mouth firmly shut throughout the entire performance <laughs> and like it's so weird and he doesn't give a fuck you you you, you can see that they think he'll feel too awkward to just stand there not be involved yeah. nope prince doesn't feel awkward prince it's, doesn't give a fuck it's good because in the in the original choir that's all there on the night of the recording it sheila e is oh, there yeah. she's been yeah. to the grammys she goes along but she says in the later interview she feels as though she's been invited along in order to get to Prince yeah, yeah. and to get Prince to come along as Prince said he wasn't going to come along 
and she feels a bit out of place and all this this kind of thing. And then at about 2 or 3 a.m., they get a call from Prince. He hasn't been to the awards. He's been somewhere else nearby. And he's like, Prince rings up and he says he'll come down, but all he'll do is a guitar solo. And Quincy Jones kind of like talks to Lionel Richie and says, well, you know, uh, it's not the kind of song that, that that has a guitar solo in it. There's no room in it for yeah. a guitar solo. But we'd love you to come along and, and join in and sing a line. He's like, no, fuck off. Fuck that. <laughs> no, Sorry. guitar solo or nothing. Did you fucking hear what I said, Quincy Jones? Or are you fucking as deaf as you are stupid? <laughs> I said, quite clearly, that I would come down, but I was only willing to do... An absolutely fucking blinding guitar solo. It would be proper fuck, I tell you this, it will be proper fucking twiddly diddly as well. I'm not fucking about, I'm in the mood. The mood has hit me. The mood has hit, has struck Prince to come and perform an extraordinary guitar solo. Take it or leave it, it's a one-time offer. I'm not going to do one of them no slow ones with all the sustained notes and everything. You know, at the beginning of when doves cry, be like that times 20. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna Take it blow. Or leave it. I tell you what, it'll blow your fucking bollocks off, son. Don't want it. Fine. Speaking of- I got other things to do. I'm a, I'm away to fucking bang Susanna offs. TTFN, dickhead. Bing. <laughs> Speaking of blow, there's a line over there for me. I need to go deal with it. TTFN. Oh man, yeah, that's really good. Watch that. That sounds wicked. This is really, really good. good. Yeah. Um, I'd also recommend Sunland Till I Die, obviously. You've rewatched that. You watched it at the that. time, didn't you, obviously? I watched it. And now I you've watched rewatched it. Earlier it. In the week. Yeah. What? Which one? Sunland Till I Die. No, I watched the, There's a new series out. Oh, there's a new series. Oh, I didn't know. I thought series. when you said you were watching it, I thought you were rewatching it or something. No, no. no a new. It's, um, it's only three parts. It just runs to about two hours, ten minutes. So, altogether. what manager does it feature? It features Alex Neal. Oh, okay. <laughs> it features starts with the sacking of Lee Johnson. Yeah. Uh, after we got beat six 0 at Bolton, and then Alex Neal takes over, and it goes right through to the when we won the playoff final at Wembley under Alex Neal. And then he left, so, and then Mowbray came in. He left, and Tony Mowbray and now came Mowbray. in. So you're two managers down the line. By the time it took them to fucking edit that and get it out, yeah. you'd already been for another two managers. Yeah, unbelievable. It, 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 it? Since it all happened. Yeah. And he'll be and out, and, and Ian Beale will be out the door probably before the end of the season. Let's soon. be honest. We're, yeah, we're we're back to kind of just another Lee Johnson type character now. Yeah, we've come full circle. Unbelievable, circuit. silly club, silly club run by silly people. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, um, well, that's good. I just got round to what starting uh, um, Slow Horses last night, which you recommended ages ago, but I've only yeah. just got round to it, and uh, I watched the first three episodes. Very good. Really enjoyed mm-hmm. that. What else was Good I stuff. watching? Uh, something that only lasts half an hour. Oh, fucking one day. I I, I don't know if oh, you yeah. ever read that, but, but I read the book and I loved it. Loads of people did. It's like, you know, it's a very yeah. popular book, especially people of our generation. I've uh, never read it, but I'm aware of it. That was power. about 12 years ago or something it came out. Really good. Yeah. Like everyone who read it, I got all nostalgic, cried, constantly tried to engage my good wife in conversation about how it made me feel so warm and romantic towards her. She wasn't interested. Get off! Get off, you <laughs> fucking filthy rotter. Right? I don't think it's every other Thursday right now, is it? Well, no, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> anyway, um... 
Yeah, so then I watched the film. That was pretty average. And now everyone's going on about the TV show. But and mm. by now I'm just like, I'm fucking one dayed out. And also, having recently watched that fucking daft nonsense, what you call it, uh, Saltburn, it's just more like, oh, ooh, he's a posh person and she's not posh. Oh, there'll be so many awkward class clash moments. <laughs> and it's like, just fucking bored <laughs> of that shit. They simply can't get along. Yeah, and it's just not even like... It's like, look, none of these things are as good as just good friends, right? This whole yeah, fucking ultimately. class fucking stuff. It's, I mean, David Nichols, to be fair, is not a posh kind of private school guy. His books are very often about class, and he, I think in his books he gets it quite good. But the TV adaptations, you always know they've been made by a bunch of Oxbridge cunts who mm. have it in their mind that social dynamics are all about fucking posh fuckers who are very kind of uh, relaxed and funny and charming and uptight working class people who don't know how to behave around them but really want to be in their world. And n- none of that is stands up to reality. I think it's made for Americans, mm. and that's how Americans figure British society is like. But you don't, Well, if it's, if it's on Netflix, then I guess it will be my fucking, skewed towards... You know, experience of university, Americans. for instance, is that... Fuck me. I mean, it was the 90s and times were different then, but... Like, if there was anyone fucking privately educated in your university, they'd be going out of their way to fucking hide it, for starters. You know, people were doing the yeah. opposite. They're certain, and for good reason, not because you'd hate on them, but you certainly wouldn't... These weren't the cool people you wanted to hang around with. It was the opposite. Do you know what I mean? And I just think, yeah. oh, it starts off like that. Anyway, then the, then my wife cried in one bit, and... um I couldn't understand oh. why, and I... Oh, did you have to ask? I had to, I had to interrogate her about it, and, mm. yeah, we had an argument because she'd cried, so I don't know how that reflects on me, probably badly. Probably. Uh, but I've decided I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's caused too much grief. Fuck this, I'm fucking sick of it. Oh. Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Jalapeño. I saw the, the, this film that's around that everyone's absolutely 
going nuts about, and it's called All of Us Strangers. Oh, yeah. And it's got... Uh, it's got the vicar out of Fleabag, yeah, Andrew and, and Scott, and your Irish man out of Paul Mescalin, yeah, out of uh, whatever it is, ordinary people, was it? I can't remember. And it's it's got lots of nineteen eighties kind of references in it, right? And a bit of, sort of like t- a time travel element almost. Mm. Don't want to give too much Ooh. away. I thought it was fucking awful. Really? <laughs> there is it a was lot, terrible. Honestly, there is a lot of fucking things that people go on about, and then you see me think, what the fuck? Um, What's the matter with you? Also, things yeah. from the 80s. I mean, I have become, You know, like, I remember I told you a story once of going to a shop with my dad, and it sold sort of mod clothing in Brighton. It was a <clears> shop <throat> that I was going to for years and night, yeah. and I was in Brighton. I took my dad there, and he just fucking cunted the whole place off quite loudly <laughs> and embarrassed me yeah. in front of the proprietor who I knew and really looked up to <laughs> and really looked up to him was always trying to kind of be matey with. And he blew that completely because yeah. my dad came oh, in and I yeah. said, look, dad, it's really good because you was a mod in the sixties, weren't you? So what he did was he just went around picking stuff out and go, well, this is shit. Yeah. No one wore any crap like that. That's bollocks. That's inauthentic. All of this stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. But now oh, w- watching one day, I, I basically was that, but about the eighties and nineties, because I'm watching it. Yeah. My daughter's watching it with us. And one good thing about Wonder is the stu- the fucking soundtrack is unbelievably strong. Like it's wonderful. Right. It's fucking mm. a wonderful soundtrack. But you know, like the the premise of One Day is it, it's the same day every year over across twenty right. years, right? So, yeah. and and I thought when it started, I can't remember what song they play in the first episode's nineteen eighty eight. Was it wrong? Was it from 1984? Yeah, so basically, I've done that, right? I've gone, oh, what a tune. Then another one comes on. I go, oh, fucking banger to my wife. She's like, oh, yeah, this is great. And our daughter's there. She's 16. She's like, all right, fine. But can you stop doing this about every song? It's irritating me. I go, all right. And then... The episode... The episode set in 1990 starts, right? And they open it... With Back to Life by Soul to Soul. Well, I flipped, haven't I? I've got, what? 1990? That fucking album came out in 1988. What the fuck are they doing? They ain't got a fucking clue. This everyone knows when fucking Club Classics Volume 1 came out. <laughs> well, was it not? Was it, was it on the radio? Like from? I don't know. I don't it, know. But this is another reason why I'm not watching it, because I thought... Yeah. Oh, God, I'm an annoying yeah. cunt. Like, who gives a I'd fuck? I'd be annoyed if it was a song from 1993 that started oh, yeah. in 1990. That would be unforgivable. Yeah, that would be unforgivable. Yeah, so... But that all of, us, all of Us Strangers, the soundtrack is the best thing about it. The soundtrack's yeah. really good. Yeah, soundtrack. But it's, yeah. it's just... It, it, it pushes certain emotional buttons, and it's so blatant about it. Right. And it's like, you're watching it and going, this is the bit where I'm supposed to cry now. Or yeah. supposed to feel really sad, yeah. or supposed to feel this, or supposed to feel that, and it's there's no subtlety about any mm. of it. It's by being hit over the fucking head with an emotional stick. Well, and it's just yeah. Fuck, oh. fuck all these new things. I'm just going to watch Rocky One tonight. Carl <laughs> Weathers died fuck. about two weeks ago, and I've been meaning yeah. to watch Rocky One ever since. And my son's never yeah. seen Rocky One or Johnny One, as he would have called it, um, mm. and. Uh, in fact, I think it was bold of them to give it the title Rocky One as well. Yeah, it was, even but they, they just they didn't know they were going to get a sequel. Especially in an era yeah. where there weren't sequels weren't popular either. They didn't hadn't really started. Yeah. Anyway, so I said to my son, look, Carl Weathers is dead in real life. Now, you might remember yeah. many years ago, I told the story of how I tried to show my son Rocky Four, but he was way too young. 
he got quite mm. into it and then Carl Weathers comes on and does performs what is not only my favourite cinematic moment of all time it's also I think the greatest sporting moment of all time which is Apollo Creed's ring walk for his exhibition fight against Ivan Drago where he comes on <laughs> to living in America and starts dar- and right. dressed as Uncle Sam and dances with James Brown it's just the best thing ever, right? It's right up there in my moments in life with the dentist chair incident in Euro 96. This is not a popular view, but Living in America is one of James Brown's greatest songs. Yeah, it's a fucking <laughs> absolutely extraordinary song. And that whole great. that whole performance, right, Yeah, by by Carl Weathers and fucking... I mean, everyone, they got the dancers and Sylvester Stallone. So he's like, Johnny's like, so it's like, oh, what the fuck is this? This is really weird. Right. And it's just fucking hilarious. And then like Rocky four is a fucking, um, people talk about it and they think I'm maybe being tongue in cheek or ironic, but for that, that is like just pure cinema. I remember seeing that in cinema with mm. my mother when it came out and like yeah. from head to toe, I was tingling and I still get that way now. But then for that scene to end, and for the in the next scene, <laughs> Apollo Creed gets killed. <laughs> like I mean, he's done that. Yeah. Big Ringwalk, the most outstanding, yeah. outlandish, and outrageous flamboyant mm. fucking entrance ever to any sporting event. It's quite a plot twist. And a Russian just immediately basically <laughs> punches his head clean off and he dies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, talk about you're talking about what's it called? That thing? All of us. All of us strangers. Like, and the emotional buttons and how fucking laboured it yeah. is, right? Fucking Rocky Four. There was nothing laboured about that. That was absolute roller coaster you were put on and no one saw it coming. And yeah. Sylvester yeah. Stallone was pl- was playing us all like fucking Pinocchios on the ends of his string, right? And I said to my son, look... And I, anyway, when I showed my son that for the first time, he burst out crying because, because he was seven years old and in the three minutes it took... Carl Weathers and James Brown to perform Living in America. Yeah. He'd fallen in love, unsurprisingly, with, with the Apollo, character of Apollo and Creed. James Brown. Right? With Apollo Creed and James Brown, he'd fallen in love with both of them. He said, that, of course, he's thought, these are the best men who have ever lived. And it probably My right. life has changed forever. I need, I need to know their subsequent story. Yeah. And then immediately, forever. he's gone, this is great. I love Apollo. He's even better than Johnny. This is great. I love it. And I go, yeah, mate. Look what happens next. Bang, he's dead. And that's life. That's that. That's a little, that's, uh, well, hey, I'm glad you're crying. And do you know why? Because you're feeling emotions. You're facing them. It's good to feel. You're facing, feel them, own them, hug them close to you. That man was very happy. But then moments later, he was dead, punched to death by a Russian muscle man. Right. And that is what life is, son. <laughs> That fella I do the podcast with in the north, he's been watching a film that everyone's been in floods of tears over. He felt nothing. Don't be like him. Do not Feel be it. like him. Feel it, son. He's a cynic. Feel it, son. Like, Drink it in. Just as you think, just as you're at your absolute fucking peak, that's when you're at your most vulnerable. That's what you've just learned, yeah? <laughs> when you're happy, that's when you should be looking over your fucking <sighs> shoulder because metaphorically speaking, a fucking Russian's about to punch your face off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so he's he's not been able to bring himself to watch another Johnny film ever yeah. since but I did say look, and, and Carl Weathers was in The Mandalorian which brought him more into oh, the right. current generation's thinking Yeah, and I said you know you know uh, Apollo was in The Mandalorian well anyway he's dead now and for real this time mm. so we, no we have to do yeah. a Rocky marathon 
or Johnny Marathon mm. as he'd call it and he goes yeah alright so we're going to watch that tonight so nice one and i tell you what else I've Other been playing thing- my son just another thing that you'll you'll want to talk about that's worth mentioning is obviously Steve Wright a hero of both of ours who we've yeah. talked about before on the show in fact when they biffed him from Radio 2 a couple of years ago I think we did a bit of a tribute to him then but now of course he died this week which is another very very sad departure easily as bad as Apollo Creed dying if not worse it is uh, it is so I mean, my son's sort be, of quite the Bowie fan. I was going to say, basically, go on. So I played him the the clips that uh, you saw I posted on Twitter of Phil Cornwell being David Bowie on Steve Wright in yeah. the 80s. And we just cannot stop listening to the same clip over and over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to how many shopping days is it till Christmas Day? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievably good. Brilliant great stuff yeah it was I mean like anybody that is in a position to do a radio show you know on the main network Mm. or two networks as it was for over 40 years Mm. is a fucking legend there's no doubt about it cannot be argued with I think he's up there with Wogan and I can't think of anybody else that is well in broadcast in terms of it is an ugly and poisonous world, particularly radio. I mean, the media can be <laughs> completely, but the ra- radio really is peculiarly poisonous at times, yeah. right? And yeah. you will very rarely find anyone that anyone's got, even the ones who are very talented and are widely regarded as being very good at their craft. People mm. will still say, oh, yeah, but he was a, cu- I mean, he's a genius, but he's a complete cunt or he did this to me, or he did that, or whatever. Steve Wright, fucking hell. Not only is he widely regarded as number one, the best ever, right? Mm. And and all the other DJs who are respected all point to him. You know, like you'd see them like Danny Baker and whoever all going on Twitter and saying he was the main man. But also, like, I never heard anyone call him a cunt, either publicly no. or behind the scenes. I know lots of people who work in radio. No guy used to be his producer, and everyone's just like, yeah, he's just like the nicest guy you could meet. I went on his show once to promote a book and it was I was only in the studio for about 25 minutes and it was one of the best laughs I've fucking had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was immersed in, in radio. Mm. He would go in at 9am ahead of starting a 2pm show and he'd do five hours of preparation yeah, each day, which is up. why the show sounded as great as it was. Makes you think, doesn't it, um, Andy? But, but he used to... He used, oh, something, something there, yeah. I did give it a bit of thought for a second, and I thought, nah, nah, we're doing all right. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> and he used to, um, but he said he, he used to like to surf the surf the dials and listen to everybody, and he'd ring everybody up, wow, and give them tips, really? and advice and stuff like wow. that. Wow, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen radio presenters on, on my Twitter feed. Who I follow <laughs> some, uh, some. Uh, I mean, I saw I saw a thing that Chris Morris did a tribute to him. And then right through to people who work occasionally on local radio mm. and don't have a regular slot, who were also in his circle of mm. influence kind of thing. Mm. And he'd just ring them up out of the blue and just say, I like that thing you did today, that was really good. Wow. Um, and I don't think he'd like criticise them, it would always be no, constructive. Yeah, yeah. It was never kind of, you shouldn't maybe have done that or think differently about how you do that, but it was always. And Chris Morrill said he would never say hello. Right. He'd leave him answer phone messages and he'd press his answer phone thing. And he'd just say, yeah, that thing you did this morning, yeah, I thought that was really good. <laughs> what a legend. And then he hung up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But he was and he was like really funny on top of, do you remember radio. Top of the Pops 2 when that started? Yeah. 
Didn't he do it yeah. first and then didn't Mark Radcliffe take first, over? Then Mark Radcliffe did it. Mark yeah. Radcliffe's quite good at it, but I really liked it when uh, Steve Wright, because I, I, when I uh, went on his show and met him in the break or whatever, I said, I really love Top of the Pops too. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I love it. And I was like, do you write the captions? He said, yeah, I write the whole thing. I think it was his idea. Yeah. But he, the, the, right. the, the captions used to be extremely funny. Not just mm. his voiceovers, but the little things mm. that were written at the bottom. And he fucking did it all. Well, I, I I pointedly don't don't like the Mark Radcliffe incarnation of it. Right, because, because Steve Wright's was so very good. Funny, and right. the Steve Wright stuff really, really was. Yeah, why did they change yeah. that up then? I think Steve just got sick of it, probably. Right, okay. There's only so much he could give. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's um, yeah, it's a sad loss. Yeah, sad loss. Lots of funny clips of his stuff online, though, isn't there? So. I've been yeah. listening to a lot of that with uh, Mr. Angry and all that stuff with my son. Really funny. I'm way ahead of his time. Like You know when you see of... Exploding Heads, which is those guys who do a funny podcast where they sort of, and they do videos and stuff, and it's like mock kind of phone-in shows. Uh, and they sort of take the right, piss out yeah. of both LBC and Talk Sport, kind of foot ones as well. Very, oh, yeah, very funny. Them, I think yeah. a lot of our listeners also listen to that. Um and it's really, you know, it feels very of its time because there are so many angry phoning things these days in sport yeah. and in news. But then you listen to Mr. Angry and the other character he was doing in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he's yeah. way ahead of his time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolute legend. Um, we seem to have done some kind of media roundup episode here. In all right, I don't know how that happened. Well, it was, certainly wasn't planned. Oh, the other thing I've been watching... Uh, it's tucked away on the Gold Channel. <clears throat> it's the third series of it. It's called Billy Connolly Does. Yeah. And it's it's Billy Connolly in his home in the Florida Keys. Yeah. Obviously, he's now retired pretty much. He's a lot slower than he used to be. Mm. But it's just Billy Connolly talking about things about his life. And there's loads and loads of clips of his life stuff and TV shows that mm. he's done mm. uh, woven throughout it. And it's just, it's fucking incredible. Yeah. It's if you love Billy Connolly, there's so many clips in there you've seen before, but to see them all again, just in little snippet forms, and then the man himself just talking, and he's still completely switched on. Yeah. You know, sense of humour-wise, like I say, a little bit slower than he used to be, but uh, it's just like listening to an old man telling his war stories. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's so good. Um, so there's three series of that now, and I think they're on catch-up. It's on the Gold Channel, but the new series is definitely all there on catch-up. Well worth a watch. There you go. Yeah, nice roundup. That's uh, <clears throat> listener. Yeah. That's listener service we're providing there. For once, and this yeah. is a um, and this is a free to air episode as well. So uh, <clears throat> a bit cheeky. Mm. Um, football predictions. Football predictions. Right, you're nine points behind results, but I'm ten points behind. Let's really okay, try. I'm going to predict really time. fucking hard this week. Yeah. All right. First of all, we've got Fulham versus Aston Villa. Fulham one, Aston Villa two. I would go for one one in that one. Manchester City versus Chelsea. I'll go first. I think this will be four nil to Manchester City. I will say three nil to Manchester City. Okay. It'll be one of those two, I think. Mm, probably. I don't think it could be anything else. Nottingham Forest versus beleaguered West Ham United. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say Forest 1, West Ham 3. I'm going. Uh, you going? I'm going to Nottingham on Saturday morning, yeah. Hey, nice one. 
I will say, uh, I think it's going to be 2-1 to Nottingham Forest. Mm. Sorry. We are beleaguered, that's for sure. Yeah, that that was that was accurate. Get a point for that. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> Here's one. Here's one for you. Yeah. Tony Mowbray's Birmingham versus oh. Sunderland. Oh, well. I'm... At Birmingham. I mean, it's me to go first, so yeah. I will say it will be 2-0 to Birmingham. Mm. Yeah, I think it will be... Okay, I'm going to say... 2-1 to Birmingham. He knows your team inside out. He knows where your weak spots are. He knows the team inside out. He does. And we're very, very bad away from home as well. Mm. And finally, the Eddie Howe derby, Newcastle versus Bournemouth. Ooh. I think that, um, sure this will be 2-2. Two, two. I want to point out, you said you were going to predict really hard and you've just yawned. Was that... To well, it's get a more fucking hard to, no, to because, it, it, because making a prediction that tough has actually exhausted me. It's drained you. Yeah, yeah. I've left it okay, all out there. Fine. I've left that all out on the prediction sheet. There's nothing left yeah. in the tank. You're now standing sort of bent over, holding your sides and breathing. I can see your lungs going in and out. I'm going to put yeah. a foil blanket over myself like they give out at the end Quite of right. the London Marathon. Did you see a 2 2 for that yeah. one, Newcastle Bournemouth? Uh, fucking hell, I think it'll be 2-1 in Newcastle. So there you go. That's the predictions. That's the episode. Enjoy your weekend. Maybe you'll catch up with some of the cultural delights that we've mentioned. Mm. Maybe you'll do some other stuff. We couldn't really give a fuck, to be honest. Nah, who cares? Uh, thank you very much. And that's that. That's that. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.